When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, this blockbuster trade could result in more star players on the move. Stay tuned. Season 4, episode 71 of the Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Croshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Monday evening? I'm doing all right. Um, we're sitting here in person with you for the first time in a little while. Um, yeah, sucks. We did it, yeah, sure, whatever. We, we did it back in April, and then prior to that, it had been... Did we, you probably, we probably did it in December when you're home for Christmas. Um, so, yeah, it seems like, you know, every three-month type of thing at this point. Um but yeah, no, I'm I'm chilling. Um, the volume levels here are a little strugglesome for for whatever reason. When I plug my headphones in to this one with this adapter, um, it gets all wonky, kind of hard to hear myself. But then when you play that intro music, I if if I was standing next to a speaker at a concert, like it would have been quieter. Oh, it was deafening. <laughs> Holy crap! Scared the hell out of me. But other than that, how are we doing today, Mike? Uh, doing well. Had a long day of work. Um... And yeah, it, it was 100% work just in case, you know, coworkers or the boss is listening, you know, it's a very productive day and I didn't do anything but work today. So, yeah. well, I mean, when you're working from home, the keyword is working. So that's what you're going to be doing. Exactly. I, got, I, I don't, you don't, don't need to question anything. Yeah. So back here in Michigan for the week, uh, was here all last week, except on PTO. So last week was a lot more fun than this week has started, but Nonetheless, it's been a good time, and I am excited to get in person because fives always seem to go a little bit smoother when we're in person. And oh yeah, we've got a, a WNP show today. Our other show we cover mainly football. Uh, we are starting our preseason coverage over there. So if you want to catch out the best preseason coverage in all of NFL media, make sure to head over there. But Chase, today we are going to be talking about some signings when it comes to free agency now last week we did talk about the bolts and kind of what's been happening with them we have a little bit of updates when it comes to them but not so much and then after the commercial break going to be talking about the whole league as free agent kicked off where we're sitting now and a couple of trades as well so it's gonna be a good time yeah it's gonna be a good time yeah let's talk about the bolts and yeah. uh we talked about how alex Kalorn. That's probably the biggest piece that moved from oh, Tampa. Yeah, for sure. And then we also mentioned other players such as Patrick Maroon. But we have another player to mention that is departing old Tampa. Yeah, another one of those, you know, nice depth, fourth liner, do the right thing kind of guy. Uh, Pierre Edward Belmar, he is out the door, um, signed over in Seattle. Yeah, wishing him the best of luck. I, I do like Belmar. He's got kind of a... Uh, I, I guess unique would be the right word, um, career projection. So he didn't come over to the NHL until his late 20s. Um, so he, he's been in the league for about eight years now. So when you think that, you're like, 
all right, maybe he came over when he was like 24. So he's 33 years old. Now he's like, he's, he's about retirement. He's getting close to retirement age. Like he's, he's up there. Uh, it's not something you see too often in the NHL. Usually guys are, you know, start when they're younger and then they'll kind of, kind of keep working up the ranks. But nonetheless, still kind of a cool little, uh, my origin story. That's not the right word to really use for him, but you know, Cool little backstory, cool little background. Um, regardless, best of luck to Mr. P.E. Bellamar out there in Seattle. Uh, just another body that's out the door that'll kind of have to be filled with who we've got coming in. Yeah, and there's no new signings as of the last time we talked. What would you say Tampa has left to do in this free agency? It seems like, you know, all the holes that have opened because of the departures doesn't necessarily seem like they've been filled at this point so what else do we have to go do is it just signing depth at this point is it even possible with our cap to make a you know middle tier type of splash in free agency I mean at at this point probably not you know I I don't really expect anything crazy to happen you know I I expect more of the you know Luke Lindetting style signings um, which again is one I do like I think we'll see more of those guys. Maybe, maybe a, a guy a, a tear up that maybe be more the third line or um, you know a number five type defense. And I, I don't really see too many uh, more dollars going out the door. Um, hopefully, leaving some room for in season trades. I, th- I think that's kind of the goal here. Moving on from a couple guys that um, you know would resign for numbers that they were you know higher than previous years, or you know a guy like Ross Colton who uh, just probably was going to need more money or want more money than we could kind of provide. Um, so I, I really don't see much going on. If so, it'll be shorter, uh, you know, one-year deals for cheap flyer-type guys. Um, and, you know, I, I really hope that we do end up getting a, a better goaltender because I don't think I don't think Jonas Johansson is really the one I want backing up. Yeah. But it, it it's really not the end of the world either because at the end of the day, if we're playing Vassy 65, 68, 69, 70 game, whatever you're going to play him for, then it's not that big of a deal. But I really don't expect too much more going on. I think – Really, in terms of the core players, um, like the Sherry's and the Glendennings, it's probably about it. Yeah, so hopefully we have some more news when it comes to Tampa here on the next episode. But before we head to a co- uh, commercial break, I do want to follow two storylines that we brought up recently. Uh, one being David Reinbacher. He does sign with Montreal. That was a situation that we talked about how the fans in Montreal were absolutely brutal towards this young kid showing no class whatsoever because of course they wanted Mishkov and when the organization decided not to do that they decided to go after the player rather than the organization so with this signing what are your thoughts so I still think he's gonna end up being loaned out to Europe that's just kind of kind of the feeling here there, there's a chance that maybe he plays the American League goes to Laval I don't imagine him playing major junior um, unless I missed something in the end they might have already said what he's doing I don't know but from, from from what I'm guessing, from what I know, um, I, w- I would expect him back over in the Swiss League this year. Maybe he can do what Morris Sider did for the Wings years ago and make a jump from a lower league to a higher league and go play in the Swedish League. Uh, there might might be something like that going on, but I, I don't know. It, it just kind of it just kind of feels like with all that going on, um, just let, let him go build his confidence, go go play in the European League, still be a little familiar, and then kind of make the jump the following year to probably would be the NHL. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if we actually talked about this story on the last episode or if we've just been talking about it in our Twitter group chats, but uh, being based out of Detroit, obviously we 
have some interest in what the Detroit Red Wings are doing. Uh, and Philip Zadina is one of those players, a former sixth overall pick, I believe. Yep. Uh, he goes on waivers. No one picks him up. And so the Red Wings decide to, or I guess both of them, mutually decide to terminate his contract, and he goes over to San Jose. So as someone who has a vested interest in the hometown team, kind of talk about it. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you're you're getting out from, out of contract of a player that you signed to too much money um, based on what he's going to provide, someone who didn't want to be here, someone who clearly wasn't going to work out. Uh, just absolute disastrous last few years for Kenny Holland before our guy Steve Eisman left Tampa to go go sign or go take over the Detroit job, I should say. A lot of the draft picks that Ken Holland and his staff made were just absolutely horrendous. And then ever since our boy goes over there, brings over his guys, it's, it's been slowly trending upward. But the Dino was, don't get me wrong, he, he was someone that was still very highly touted. Um, you know, he was expected to be a top pick in that class. But there were a couple other players that I thought were obviously better, like Quinn Hughes. I would have taken Quinn Hughes every day of the week, um, who ended up going after that and kind of see how that's worked out. So it's a shame that, uh, you know, such a high overall draft pick Kind of, kind of goes to waste, and now he's going to go get an opportunity in San Jose. I don't really see this working out very well. Like he just hasn't translated to an NHL player, and it happens every year. It happens all the time. The like, guys just don't translate. I think he's just going to be better off being one of those European players. Go over to Russia, make some good money, be a better player in the KHL. Um, that's just kind of his career trajectory at this point. All right. Well, that's going to do the first half of the show. Want to thank. Want to. <laughs> doing the outro? What was happening there? A nice seven-minute show. Yeah. Um, we're going to say hi to our friends over at DraftKings real quick. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Chase, any sports bets out there? You know, I was actually thinking about putting some on the UFC fights this weekend. And then I started to. And realized I was picking all the favorites, and my ten dollars would have turned into twenty-two. So I decided not going to do that. Ah, uh, you're you're boring. At the end of the day, profits profit, Mike. You got to keep that in mind. It's no, I know it's not exciting, but it is. Um, you know, those those are wise words that I don't live by either. So fair, but profit is profit. Um, 
nothing right now. Uh, you know, as you know, we've talked about, we're going to be doing our WNP show, talk more about football. Um, as you know, as that moves along, I'll probably um, end up placing some division winners, future bets. That's really about it. But in the summer, I just, as I said, I don't touch baseball because it's a nightmare. And outside of that, I can go bet on the G League or something. I can go bet on golf, you know, tennis, whatever it might be. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Every once in a while, I'll bet on golf just because, I, I don't know, I get, I'm bored and need something to do. Um, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll just bet on a guy I like or, you know, I'll sprinkle a little bit on Tiger if he's playing just for the hell of it. But, like, in the summer, it's, it's pretty light for me in terms of sports bets. Well, I'll tell you what. I did put a six-pick parlay. Oh, boy. On the line. Odds are plus 7,433. Okay. Um, and this was before we did any division previews, so, you know, this isn't going to ruin anything. It's no spoilers. But I was just feeling you know, just some aura in the room, and I decided to pick six of the eight division winners when it comes to the NFL. And I feel like the odds are pretty darn good for the teams that I picked. Got the Bills in the AFC East, the Bengals in the AFC North, the Jags in the AFC South, the Chiefs in the AFC West, and then in the NFC East, I've got the Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks for the NFC West. So, obviously, the favorite there is the 49ers, but the Seahawks, they played extremely well last year, and I think they had easily the best offseason of any NFC West team. So, you know, when we actually do our divisional breakdowns, Maybe I have the Cardinals winning the division. Who knows? But as of uh, or prior to actually doing any deep dive research into all of these teams, those are the six I went with. Hopefully, it's not the Cardinals because they suck. Yeah, but um, uh, it's it's that'll be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this on our shows. Um, I don't think those are bad. I mean, especially the first five are like those are guys that I think they're all kind of locked and loaded. Um, yeah, there's some decent teams in the division, but they should be relatively safe. Um, and then the sixth one, yeah, I, I could definitely see it happening with the Seahawks, but that's probably the closest division of the six that you bet on. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll wait and see, but I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah, and then when you look at the odds, or I mean, the, excuse me, the wager and payout, I wagered $5, it'll pay out $376. Yeah, that'd be pretty nifty. So I'm feeling okay about it. and It'd be a nice little like New Year's present. Yeah, and the Seahawks, they're plus 195. So they're not like... You know, yeah, astronomical, not, not but lacking. yeah, actually, the Bengals are plus 150. So, when you look at Bengals Seahawks, I mean, that's that's super close. That's interesting, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about some free agent signings and some trades. Let's start with the big one, obviously, happened last night as of recording, or was it Saturday night? I think it was last, it was night. last night. We had Alex DeBrinkett get traded to the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings also signed him to a nice extension. I know a lot of people thought he could have got more, which for a guy who's put up 40 goals in two different seasons, you sure could make you that make that argument. But Alex to bring it to Detroit. Yeah. So as you mentioned, um, it, it was a sign and trade. That's kind of what the holdup was for a few days, but a four year deal. Uh, he wanted eight years. Steve, he didn't want to give him more than that. At the end of the day, Steve Eisman wins because Steve Eisman is a master class general manager and taught our boy Julian Breezeball very well. But Stevie signs him to a four-year deal, $31.5 million, comes out to just over $7.85 per year. And it's a fair deal for a guy who's 25 years old. Um, you know, he'll be starting his descent from his prime at that point. Um, so he, he potentially could end up being 
you know, proving that, yeah, you should have paid me longer for more, you know, should pay me this money for longer, more money for longer, whatever. Or it could be like, yeah, we dodged a bullet because we didn't sign this guy eight years. We'll see. But the return on that deal, heading over to Ottawa, Dominic Kubelik, uh, prospect Donovan Sabrango, and a conditional first-round pick and a fourth-round pick, uh, no conditions. And that conditional first-round pick is that it's Detroit's choice, so it'll end up just being the, the latter of the two picks between theirs and Boston. I think this is a, probably a good deal all around for I, – I think the value probably favors Detroit here. Um, you get a guy who has been a 40-goal scorer in the NHL, and I think he can do that again. I think he's capable of that every year. But for Ottawa, a guy that you know wasn't going to – that doesn't want to be there, a guy that wasn't planning on coming back – you end up shipping him out. You get it, get a decent haul, especially from, you know, a team that supposedly had kind of a stranglehold on negotiations because they were the one true suitor. Um, you know, you, they can usually kind of lower ball. And, you know, I, I, I was thinking there's a chance it was going to be like two second round picks and two prospects, not, not, um, you know, a first round pick in NHL or a prospect, but and I think it ends up working out well for, for kind of all parties here. And it should be, should be a fun player, player for Detroit to hopefully kind of accelerate the rebuild a bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Alex DeBrinkett fan, and for a guy to have multiple 40-goal seasons and get traded for what he did, I mean, like you said, he kind of had a stranglehold on Ottawa, and they couldn't get his 100% true value. But at the same time, when you just look at trade overall, I agree with you, give me Detroit's side all day. Dominic Kubalik, he goes opposite, and this is a young player that had some success. Uh, obviously, his best season is back in his rookie season, 2019-2020, where he put up 46 through 68 games. But I don't think he'll ever become the star that Alex Tabrinkit has been and potentially could be with the Detroit Red Wings. And then when you're looking at Boston or Detroit's first-round pick, I would have to assume it's Boston at this point, but we'll have to see. Uh, It's likely a playoff pick. So it just doesn't feel like all that much value. And for the actual price that they got Alex Dabrinkit, like contract-wise, I also think that's a steal. I mean, when you look at Dmitry Orlov, he got a million less than Alex Dabrinkit. I think Alex Dabrinkit, a much more impactful player. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, they're both very impactful players for their teams, but um, just different ways. Yeah, I, I would rather play to, to bring at his money than Orlov his money, I guess. So I, I can get behind that. Um, but when you're, when you're talking about Kubalik, I, I don't disagree that he's probably, you know, had, had the best like season of his career, and might, that might be it. But I still am a big fan of his game. I'm uh, still at 45 points last year with the Radio 1 games. Very respectable on a not very good team. Plays good two-way game and looked great in the World Championships. So... I think he's probably going to be a 50-plus point guy this year for Ottawa as long as he's healthy all the way through. Um, so at least you're getting like a, a productive NHLer. Um, you're not just getting you know some some third-line guy that's going to put up 35 points. So that's, it's at, at least you're getting some sort of level of offensive uh, replacement, plus you're still getting a solid defensive guy. So Ottawa doing the best they can. Uh, they were supposed to be a good team last year. They were not. And now they're in just a weird spot because they – Traded, traded away a few um, draft picks for players, trying to recoup some. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see what they do this year because I really don't know what to expect. Yeah, I think it's kind of unfortunate because it was only 367 days after they acquired Alex Dabrinkit. And back then, when a trade went down, I was cheesing, thinking Dabrinkit, Timmy Stutzla. Like, that could be a sick duo for a long time to come. They brought in Claude Giroux to help out as well, yeah. up on that line. And... It didn't 
Didn't no, happen. I mean, it did not happen. Timmy Stusa looked great. Oh, he, I mean, he was fantastic last year, but it just, yeah. it just wasn't, that wasn't the right mix. And it's really unfortunate. And I'm really hoping that Alex DeBrinkett can find some chemistry with someone in Detroit, whether it be Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin, or some other forward. I'm hoping that he can find that chemistry because obviously when it was him and Patty Kane in Chicago, those two were absolutely electric together. So hoping that DeBrinkett can find his footing yet again here in Detroit. So the thing he's got going for him is he's known Dylan Larkin for a long time. Their childhood friends play together. So that, that you know that, that that does work out. They you know they hang out in the offseason, so I would assume they're gonna step in and play on the same line. Uh so I, I we'll see how that goes, but I, I think there's a there's a real chance to have some success here for him. He knows O D boss, eh? Yeah. He does know <laughs> D boss. All right, well let's talk about some free agent signings. Um we didn't cover any free agency that wasn't Tampa last wet last week. So uh, let's talk about some of the bigger names. And I think the biggest name that really kicked off free agency was Ryan O'Reilly heading over to Nashville. It really tells you all you need to know about Toronto. If you had a hometown kid leaving for like a discount, that, that's, that's kind of a concern, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think it's a great value for Nashville, like four and a half million a year is, is the number. Um, it, so like, that's, that, that, that's great. You're getting a guy who is a top six center. It doesn't matter if he's, Older and slowing down, he's still a top six center, and I, and I think basically every NHL team at this point, uh, I, I'd be happy to get that. I would have loved if that was something that could have been done over here, if figure out the money to make that work, because that would have been a fantastic player, a fantastic fill-in for kind of what we need and what we're looking for, be a dominant PK or be great in, in the face-off dot, be an elite leader. But it's good for Nashville. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they're doing here, because they're kind of in a weird spot as well. They had it, you know, they went and traded away Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, and now they're bringing in a guy like O'Reilly. So at first, I feel like they're rebuilding. Now it feels like okay, maybe they're going to try to be a playoff contender. Um, it, it's hard to really catch the vibe there. Yeah, and please feel free to stop me if you want to talk about a player specifically. But when I look at contracts overall this year, it seems everyone's making a little bit more money than we're used to. Seeing the likes of Ian Cole make three million, seeing. Uh, Justin Hall make $3.4 million, so I'm kind of looking at some bigger contracts. I guess we can take a quick stop at Jonas Corposalo, Ottawa, $4 million for five years. Yeah, and that, that, that's a good one because that, that, that's another um, opportunity to help the Ottawa team potentially be better. And he's not some world-beating goalie, but he is good enough to, to be a starter on you know on teams that don't have an established guy. So I, I think that's a good move for Ottawa. Um, I, I do like the guys that they have in place, though. Um, you know, especially Matt Sogard. I think he's going to be a very good NHL goalie. So this might hold him back a little bit. He probably would be ready to go this year. Uh, maybe not as a full-time like starter, but as a backup, I think he would. But this kind of relegates him to the American League, which isn't maybe a bad thing. Goalies, you'd rather kind of you know overcook them than undercook them so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but if uh Sogard becomes like the number one goalie like in the second or third year of this deal then it kind of sucks that you're you're sitting on you know a four million dollar backup for a couple of years yeah all right Dmitry Orlov the name we mentioned earlier on um I was actually wrong because Dmitry Orlov is only making a hundred k less than Alex Dabrinkit a 7.75 yeah million that's, per that's year over two years a lot of money, so at least it's only two years. But like he, he is a good reliable defender. Like he's someone that like any team would be happy to have. But he's just not some like uh, he's not. I don't think he's a number one D man. Like, I, I I don't I don't think that. He, you know, maybe other people disagree. Maybe that's what you pay a number two D man. But I think he's better off being like that two B or three A type guy where a good team has him as their number three. 
a competitive enough team has their number two. So I, I would prefer to pay him a little less, but at the end of the day, it is only two years. If you can make that work in your cap, so be it. Yeah, and it feels like we are heading the route that NHL takes us every time we're doing a GM mode challenge, and that's if you find a good defenseman, he's going to be very pricey. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't need to be an elite defenseman to be pricey, just good. And when you look at some of the contracts we saw last year, like Seth Jones over $9 million, Darnell Nurse, $9 million, we now see Dmitry Orlov get 7.75, and yeah, he's not seen as that number one. But a number two or a number three is going to cost you nearly $8 million now. Yeah, and it, it, it is just a kind of crazy thing. I get it. Nowadays, all these kids, they want to be forwards because, you know, they saw the Pavel Burries, the Pavel Datsuks, like, the, you know, those super skilled players, uh, you know, the Sidney Crosbys, even the Nathan McKinnon fans are, are coming in, the Patrick Haynes. Like, they, they see all these crazy talented players, and they're like, I want to be like him. So they all go play forward. You go see these youth teams, they have nine forwards and then two kids that actually want to play defense on them. So you're going to find it that's less and less likely that you see these, especially true defensemen, like guys that are two-way or defensive defensemen, it's going to be less and less by, by the second. And you're going to see you know, more more of those offensive guys, hopefully. you know, Hopefully we see more like a, like a K. Andre Miller situation where he was a forward, moves back to D, and now he's having a lot of success. Um, that That's the really kind of the best path to us finding more defensemen down the road. But... With that, you know, being said, and the point that you made, we're gonna kind of see what would be considered even ten years ago as a mid-tier defenseman get paid more because like it is just kind of lacking. Yeah. Well, let's talk about two guys that are more seen as, I guess, middle six forwards, uh, but got paid quite a bit. Uh, that being uh, Jason Zucker going to Arizona, as well as we mentioned it previously, but Alex Kalorn as well, six and a half. Or nearly six and a half for uh, Anaheim. Yeah, the Kaloran one is more, way more money than I would have paid him. Um, even though I like Kaloran, like he's still where he's at in his career and where we're at. I, I, it's not money I would have paid him. So more power to him for getting it somewhere. Um, it lets Anaheim, who has been a cap flexibility, bring in like a, a more of a leader type thing. So that's fine. All said and done, I don't think it really harms anybody. Good for Kaloran for making some money. And then Jason Zucker, I mean, he's just going for a payday. He's like, I mm-hmm. want to make a couple extra bucks this year. Let me go to Arizona, go enjoy the warm weather, go make, you know, just over five mil, which I would not have gotten anywhere else. And then next year we'll go explore a team where I can go potentially win. That's basically what happened to that one. Yeah. Because, like, why are you – that's someone who probably got calls from eight to ten NHL teams in some way, shape, or form, maybe even more. So you're not just choosing Arizona. Like, I had three NHL – or Stanley Cup contenders call me. I'm going to go to Arizona where I'm going to win 26 games this year and play in front of 3,000 fans. Maybe he's into college girls. I don't know. Oh, boy. No, he's got a family, doesn't uh, he? Yeah, but I guess you never know. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about two goalies re-signing to their current team. That being Tristan Jari, 5.375 to Pittsburgh, and Ilya Sorokin going back to the Isles at an $8.25 million deal. Sorokin's worth any penny, every penny of that. I think Jari's worth, you know, his Mostly, like he, he's still a number a start, starting goalie, um, qu- like quality, um, so not a problem. But Sorokin is one of the best young goalies in the NHL. At worst, a top four goalie for me, um, probably three, maybe even two. He's just, he's just really good, man. Uh, he's he is worth every penny of that. Um, you know, look at what we're paying Vassy, worth every penny. And uh, you know, I think we're gonna kind of see down the road with him and Shesterkin's making his money every, worth every penny. Jake Andrews can be a guy that's worth every penny that he's making. Um. If if I was building a team like if, you know if we were doing like like an NHL fantasy draft, I like like a redraft. I should say you know like if you're playing like like a like a Chell GM mode, 
Sorokin is arguably a first round pick for me. Like yeah, he's someone that I would really want to emphasize building my team around because if you have him, you can at least, you know, not worry so much about the uh, defensive liabilities that your team might have because you know, he's going to bail you out a few. All right, let's move up quite a bit here and talk about the one signing that sparked all kinds of graphics being thrown out there. Is this the best top six in the NHL? And that's because Tyler Bertuzzi signed with Toronto and Tyler Bertuzzi being added to that Toronto team, a little extra grit for that Toronto team. Does that make them the easy favorite to win the cup? And I think they are top three in Vegas odds right now to win the cup. They have been the last like three years, dude. They, they, they don't get any better. They don't get any worse. They, they just stay the same. They get a different type of player, and they stay the same. Like, I'd rather have Ryan O'Reilly every day of the week at his price than to have Bertuzzi. Every every year you see, is, is this the best forward group in the NHL? Or is this, the you know, the best top D pair in the NHL? No, it's not. They're going to go. They're going to go in 48 to 53 games. They're going to get in playoffs. They might win a series again this year, but they're not a real contender. Like, they're, they're the legitimate definitions of pretenders in the NHL. They just are not good enough to get over the hump. They're they're a show team. They're, they they go out there and they make you think, oh, this is the year. This is the year. Newsflash: This is not the year. <laughs> and I gotta say, when you look at Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi being the two acquisitions that everyone wants to throw into graphics next to Marner and Matthews and Tavares, like those guys aren't the ones that make me go, ooh, ah. No, I mean, if Pertuzzi scores like he can, like, and he has shown that, you know, he has some flash stuff, but if he can be a 60-point guy, then, like, yeah, very worth it. Domi, I, I don't see him, like, beating really very much more than 40. So, like, it, it's just, he's not some, you know, needle for me. I'd rather I'd rather just give a shot to someone in-house, like Nick Robertson, who um, is underwhelmed a bit as an NHLer. I'd rather just throw him in the top six, see what the hell he does. Like force him to, to move the move his you know feet a little more, like push the pace, see what he does. I'd much rather do that than go pay like a, a guy that doesn't really change anything for them. Even if he is a good player, I don't think either one of these guys really changed that much for what I saw Toronto doing this year. Yeah, only two more signings I want to mention, and both being contract extensions. Anze Kopitar, he signs for two years at seven million. Back with the LA Kings as the LA Kings they continue to try to make that push with a younger core surrounded by veterans like Kopitar and Doughty. Yeah, and I can respect it. Big Kopitar fan. I think he retires a king, and um, I'm happy to see that's going to be the case because the team is back on the up and up. Even though he is kind of getting older, Doughty's getting older. The team is looking better than they did, you know, three years ago. It's you know the the whole, the whole thing is you know do you look. Do your next five years look better or worse than the previous five? And I, I do think their next five truly look better than their previous five. So to get to get him at that price, I you know I, I do like it. He is your leader. He is the guy that re, that really is the heartbeat of that team. I, I think that you know are, are they going to be cup winners in the next couple of years? Probably not. But he's going to at least keep this team afloat, do all the right things for when it's time for them to be legitimate cup tenders. And he's transitioning out. There's not going to be much of an issue. And finally, not a big money grab, but you see Cam York over in Philly. He gets a two-year extension at $1.6 This is a kid that was drafted in the first round. He showed a lot of promise, and he's been playing well. Jay Fresh, he put out his graphic, an 88% war as a player over in Philly. For a Philly team that is definitely lacking high-end players to bring back Cam York at two years, only $1.6 I like it. Yeah, it's good respectable value. Um, 
you know, especially with the decor they have, like with Sanheim, you know, the talk that he might be moved, but if you keep him on, then great. Um, Ryan Ellis over there, um, you know, Tony D, like they, they've got a lot, a lot of talent on, on the back end. And to get Cam York at a, at a value and someone who could easily outproduce that as soon as day one, um, that's it, it's good for Philly. And I, this might be something that they regret uh, because when you're signing players who have like legitimate upside to bridge deals, it hardly ever works out. So this could be a kid who is going into that borderline, you know, RFA, UFA status where he's going to be eligible for arbitration, but not completely be a free agent guy. Or he could be requesting six, seven, eight million dollars if things go right. And if you would assign him to a long term deal to like even five, six years, maybe you could have gotten him at like four and a half or something. Uh, so this could come back, bite him in the ass a little bit. I don't know. But regardless, in the short term, it is a great value. And we'll keep you up to date on all things free agent signings. We got some huge names still out there. Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko, and I guess briefly before we go to hockey name of the day, Patty Kane has been rumored to the Detroit Red Wings now that Alex DeBrinkett's there. What are your thoughts on that? I I don't, I don't really see it happening. It's just because, oh, DeBrinkett, they, they, you know, like Patrick Kane groomed DeBrinkett, so he's going to go finish out a career with them and go try to chase a cup or something like that. He ain't chasing a cup in Detroit. Like, not, not by the time you're done, Patty Kane. So unless you just want to live in Detroit, like, Legitimately, some players do want to just live in Detroit. Some players that don't even play here live here in the offseason. Like Sean Horkoff, you know, he went to Michigan State. He never played for the Red Wings, but he's lived here every every offseason, lived here ever since. Now he, now he works for Detroit. Um, so some guys just want to stay here. Who knows? Maybe Patty Kane does want to come out here, um, play, play in Detroit, stay and retire. I, I don't know. But it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen to me. And, yeah, we'll keep you up to date on everything that comes through with Patty Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko, Thomas Tatar, Matt Dumba, and so many other players still out there in free agency, but we are going to head to a quick hockey name of the day, and we have Zachary Mahubi. Zachary, Is it a silent J? No, Zachary Mahubi. Dang. So, Dang. So, Zachary Mahubi, uh, 17-year-old forward, currently playing up in Quebec. Uh, he is a Canadian. Um, left winger, don't have a height and weight for him. He's playing in the uh, QCHL, their division two, so the Quebec uh, junior C hockey league, uh, a lower level there. Uh, the previous year he played in what was a, um, if I understand correctly, like an 18 U kind of like single a double a, like high school type type league, uh, nine points, 25 games, 82 penalty minutes. Definitely not a name you're going to be seeing. Um, what the, the penalty minutes? Yeah. 82 games? penalty minutes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and not too shabby. Um, definitely not a name you're going to be seeing, um, you know, cr- like climbing up the NHL ranks. Um, but, who knows? Maybe you're maybe you're one of our listeners out in Quebec, and you want to go see go see a junior C hockey game and go check out Majubi. I'm just a little disappointed. It's not a silent J. I thought I had it that time. Nope, nope, nope. You whenever whenever you're trying to big brain, whenever you're trying to trying to think you can do right, you do wrong. Mm-hmm. Sure do. All right, well that's gonna do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen, Chase. If you could hit him with an outro. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. It's at HockeyPodNet. Library, go follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure to go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the pods in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Reverend Singer raise five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. We'd appreciate it. We're doing it. Don't forget to use code THPN. We sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.